Hello and welcome to the Michael Mama Show. I'm your host, Michael Mamas, and we're coming to you from Mount Soma, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. And uh, beautiful fall. Boy, the weather's been beautiful lately. I love fall weather. And the leaves are all turning. It's beautiful, you know. Children. Sometimes I feel like Walt Disney, you know, uh, on the weekends especially. So many people are here and they bring their families and kids are playing in the leaves and people are laughing. And it's just, it's wonderful, you know, that I can provide that for uh, so many families, you know. And uh, it's been interesting also. Uh, I've met some really interesting people lately. Uh, at the temple, there was this one guy who came and, you know, I go to the temple and people are in there and they walked out and then they, some of them turned around and came back in and uh, turned out the guy was a, a guru, you know, from India. And uh, he just wanted to talk. And uh so he was there with his wife and his two sons, I guess they were both his sons, I guess. And uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, and he didn't speak English. So it was, you know, his sons and also Panaji, of course, was there. So he, they were all translating. And uh, I told him, you know, because we started talking about meditation, I said, I have very strong opinions about meditation, you know and how to meditate properly. And uh, his son kind of looked at me and I said, tell him, you know, so he told him. And and so we went back and forth and it's amazing thing. Uh, Scotty, this guy teaches the same meditation that we do, even the same mantra. Wow. Yeah, just same everything, you know. And um, that stuff comes right out of the, right out of the Himalayas, you know. Uh, thousands of years ago, you know. But he was so, um, he was thrilled, you know. I mean, we really bonded and we really saw eye to eye on so many issues. And, and uh, well, you know, it's kind of like uh, in the U.S., you know, Christianity, there's some Christians that have very deep, profound levels of understanding of spiritual knowledge. And then, you know, there's, all sorts of tangents and of course then the debate gets into well who's right and who's wrong uh which is i think and at least in an indirect if not a direct sense that's what this podcast is all about but um i guess you could say that uh um it was so gratifying i think for him as well as for me to, to see somebody that we saw so eye to eye. I remember when I first met Pundaji years ago, it was the same thing. It was like, they get it. It's, you know, kind of how I feel about it. Uh, and it's about a, just an integration of the mind and the heart. Uh, it's uh, knowledge to be full. It means it includes all aspects of life. It includes understanding of the heart, includes understanding of the mind. And all that has to be integrated properly and, and, and balanced, you know. Um, but then there are so many other people that I've met lately. It's been really fascinating. And I remember there's this one uh, woman I met. Uh, 
I wish I could have met her husband, but she came up to the temple by herself when I was there. And I guess her husband came up later and Panji met them both. But I was really impressed with her. And the, the thing was, it was um, it was a mentality. I remember back in, when I was uh, in the ashram, in the monastery, you know, and we got sent all over the world. And at the time, we were told that we were going around the world to, you know, enlighten people and, or, you know, give them knowledge and stuff. And it was decades later, as I've said, I think, in the past, that it was decades later that I realized that that was being done to enlighten us. And, and see, here's the thing. There's a, um, there's a mentality in different countries that have different mentalities. And then, of course, there are different cultures, different subcultures, subgroups, cliques, uh, peer groups, families, like that. And in all those things, there's different kind of a current, different currents of mentality. That's why in the, in the uh, blog for this podcast, I posted a picture of uh, the earth with the clouds, you know, going around it. And you can see the currents and uh, maybe a hurricane in some corner or in other places, everything is calm and clear and it's constantly changing. And uh, that's a great visual representation of, of global mentalities and how uh, the currents of a mentality carry the people. And we do really well. And I think it helps us to meet people of different cultures, different mentalities. But you can meet them on one level. And I guess in, in that sense, it's almost perhaps like you use your own mentality as a barometer to evaluate theirs. I don't know. And even if that's not the case, even if you look at other mentality, well, I can learn from this and, oh, isn't that a beautiful way they are or whatever. But like everything, there are just different levels of taking a step back and, and looking at it. And, uh, and of course, I've done that through the decades, as I imagine many, if not all of you have. But... Um, I just feel like I got to a deeper level of uh, awareness of uh, the Western mentality, you know, particularly the American mentality, if we can speak in a ge generic sense like that. And uh, it was humbling, especially when I think what really first triggered my current, you know, wave of interest in this thing. And again, you know, these are just experiences I had this week, really, maybe the past two weeks, I don't know, but. Um, the contrast was so significant and it's our mentality that becomes like the invisible authority figure of our life. It's a current, it's a subcurrent and it has a, a, a power that uh, really consumes us, I think, far more than, than we think. And uh, mentalities can be colored by or color uh, uh, all arenas of life, politics, um, morality. Uh, uh, and, and, and they, they change. 
there's a certain baseline that may be maintained for longer periods of time, of course. But like if you just look at the mentality of the 50s versus the mentality of the 60s versus the mentality of the 70s, and it goes on like that decade by decade. It's remarkable how um, people change. It's not just in the, the fashion, the way the clothes people wear, the, how they do their hair or whatever. But it's their whole relationship with life and how they think, how we think. They say that, um, I forget where it says this, the Upanishads, I guess, where they talk about how, you know, the fastest way to get enlightened is to keep company with enlightened people. The problem with that is from the perspective of a person's mentality, they have a preconceived notion of what an enlightened person is like. And so they seek out that sort of person or those sorts of people and they circle themselves, you know, uh, with, with that. And all they're really doing is reinforcing their current mentality. And so there's a methodology there of discernment that it requires a lot of humility. There's another person I met recently, wonderful young girl, very spiritual, and she, she talked about all the different spiritual, Sai Baba and Ananda Mayama, all these great spiritual leaders, you know, um, uh, Mayo Baba, she was into. And she was really, really sweet person. Um, I think she's around 20 years old, I don't know. Yeah, she was a young kid, you know. Um, but I could see just the way her mind worked. Definitely there was a mentality to it. And in, in one sense, I guess it was very Western, you know, in that she had a concept, she had a notion, she had a uh, viewpoint that based on her behavior, you'd think, oh, there's a very humble, you know, kind person. But at the same time, you could feel there was a certain rigidity there in the, in the, the structure and nature of the mentality. I know there was a saint I knew in India, and he said, he said uh, the Westerners are really hard to enlighten. <laughs> and uh, I think that's almost why, I don't know if the word arrogance is appropriate or not, but there's a certain, um, what would you call it? Belief, indoctrination, mindset that uh, isn't so easy to um, free oneself from or move beyond. And in a sense, you know, we don't really want to move beyond our mentality in the sense that it's our culture, it's how we've cultured our awareness. But uh, uh, how you integrate that with the deeper levels of life and the more profound teachings and more profound knowledge it's a highly elusive and, and, and subtle path. Uh, I know in, in my teachings, you know, so many people have come and, oh, I've been looking for this my whole life. This is the greatest knowledge. If I knew this was out there somewhere. And, uh, uh, but <clears throat> at the same time, they hear it, they get it, they think it's profound. But to really 
free yourself from it is it's a physiology of consciousness, you see? A mentality is a physiology of consciousness. And shifting physiology is not so easy to do. Uh, sometimes we take on a new philosophy or a new belief system. Oh, I've shifted my physiology, my consciousness. No, you've rearranged the same furniture, perhaps, but it's still the same in that sense. And so human evolution, you know, we, we talk about shifting the physiology of the body through bodybuilding or whatever. It takes years, you know. But when it comes to spiritual growth, uh, it's even more elusive. It's even more refined. It's even more delicate. We're talking about a process here. And uh, it takes lifetimes, they say. Uh, the good news is, even if you're listening to this podcast, you've been at it for, I don't know, a certain number of lifetimes. Otherwise, this sort of subject wouldn't even interest you, I would imagine. Um, but that's, that's, that's the thing we're talking about. And it's hard. Another reason it's hard is because there's this whole process. There's a book, I think. Isn't there, Scotty, a book called Oneness to separateness. I think that could have been Winnicott that wrote it. It was like so. a psychology book. And it talks about how when a baby is born, it's one with the mother. And then it's a process of individuation, you know, and separation from mother to be, for, for the child to become an autonomous being. And that process is, is a, a challenging one and a difficult one. Uh, uh, and it's really beautiful, really, because it talks about like, oh, you have your little child in the grocery store and they, you know, cling to mommy's leg or whatever. But then at some point they start getting more independent. And so they'll run down the aisle away from mommy, you know, and then they'll turn in. If mommy's looking, then they run more. And if mommy's not looking, then they get scared and they go back. But it's kind of, you know, testing the waters of that separation. Uh, and the thing is that we do that uh, with authority figures in general, there's a process. Even, you know, they commonly say kids when they become teenagers tend to rebel, you know, that kind of a thing. And and, uh, uh, and so the relationship we have with the mentality currents that have carried us through life, be it, you know, personal or be it peer groups or be it political viewpoints or whatever, uh, uh, that that separation process is is really delicate, but uh, um, as we grow, as we evolve, uh, uh, it includes that process of separating from perhaps notions or behaviors or belief systems that you once felt one with, but you outgrow and. Uh, we have a tendency to not want to do that. And also there's another thing is like, just, I call it like it's a rubber band. You know, you'll expand your awareness. You'll move in a direction. You'll get these great spiritual teachings and you'll move forward, forward. But when push comes to shove or when life gets challenging or whatever, it's like you've stretched the rubber band and it just springs right back. And so it's not so easy. Evolution is a delicate process, you know, and, and uh, really the, the real key to it, is um, to choose wisely. 
take a step back and look at the mentality of the people you associate with, the people that you bond with. How do they think? How do they function? What is the tonal quality, the feeling of their mentality? Uh, and see how it relates to yours. First, just uh, observing different people. Even in the grocery store, you know, when you're going through the checkout counter, you might even ask yourself, what's the mentality of, of this person? Or what cultural mentality, what, what current of mentality is this person a part of, you know? Not as a judgment, but just as an observation. And do that with different people. And then do it with yourself, you know? Uh, one thing I've noticed that I have a tendency, and I've been told this, that I always see the good in people, you know? And that's an asset. I remember one saint in India, that, that, I don't know if I was a saint this guy was, but he was, he was a beautiful man, really. And he said... Um, he said, he said, you always see the best in, in people. He says, at times you're going to feel like that's a curse, but really it's a blessing, so the way he put it. But nevertheless, if you can see that good, the divinity within, but at the same time uh, not become oblivious to uh, the nature of the mentality current that, that, that is carrying that person. Because uh, everybody's divine deep inside, you go deep enough inside, they're one with God. But how they behave on the surface is such a result of the mentality current that is carrying them, you know. And, and it's important to be aware of it. And it's not easy. I mean, you, you, you love people, you know, and you care about people. And, and I know for myself, it's like, you know, I've gotten to know people and I see the mentality current I do. But there's a part of me that just can't believe, why do they have to give themselves over to that? Why do they have to behave like that? Can't, and can't, can I, you know, lack of a better way of putting it, talk them down from that? Can't we just talk and get past that? And of course, even in the moment, if you can, the rubber band's going to oftentimes spring back. So it's a, it's a really delicate, it's a really delicate process. And right now, the world, I mean, the currents just... Watch the news, you know, you see all these swirling currents. There are hurricanes everywhere and conflicts everywhere. And those are the mentality uh, currents that we're dealing with. Uh, uh, and so now that's the time of just, you got to run the rapids, you know. And uh, I think it's fortunate to know that there's a great time coming. But we need to get through this, you know. Scotty, am I making sense here? 100%, yeah. Yeah, it's not so easy to do, you know. It's simple, but it's not easy, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, basic principle, the basic principle is so easy. You know? <laughs> Consciousness becomes conscious, aware of itself, manifestation. We go into the relative. We gravitate back to who and what it is we really are. It's just gravity. And that's that's the process. But you see, there's this, this, there's reflection to be reflective, what uh, Adi Shankara called uh, discernment, you know, to really cultivate the ability to be reflective and discerning uh, as opposed to rebellious, you know. It's, it's easy to, oh, yeah, right, there's cultural mentalities here, and I'm not getting carried in that wave of cultural mentality, so you, you rebel. 
uh, and that's common. I remember I was, uh, uh, I was with my teacher and I was, we were talking about a subject and I was talking about this influence in my life, you know, and how it was important. And uh, I remember he made a gesture with his hand. He said, just, he said, just go with it for a while and then branch away. And I can still see his hand, just like he's, like I'm talking to him right now. I can just see. And uh, so there's an art of finesse. It's almost like the Aikido, you know, the energies that are there, the currents that are there, the cultural currents that are there, the mentality currents are there. How can you work with those artfully, not just to evolve yourself and progress in your own life, but also to facilitate the evolution of, of the planet, you know, and, and, and the people around you, you know. Uh, it's not so easy to do. It's not so easy to do. So what I really would like is uh, for you to, you know, try this out. When you talk to people, try to get a handle for the nature of their mentality. And, and uh, I think I've learned so much from people that I've met that just their mentality is so refined, it's so exquisite, uh, and it's so artful, you know? And I think that can be so much more meaningful and so much more evolutionary for us than, you know, reading a book on the words of Ananda Mayama, even though I think that's a great book. Um, so work with becoming aware then of the nature of different mentalities and how they function and how on any particular point on the planet, you know, there's like different altitudes, the currents, the wind currents are going different directions. Like that, there are all these superimposed mentalities everywhere. And, and, uh, see how artfully you can glide through that and with that and cultivate a mentality for yourself. And it's not easy because these things are habits. They're physiologies of consciousness, you know. But the more you align with a healthy mentality, the more quickly you will evolve for sure, you know. So it's, again, it comes down to the art of discernment, doesn't it? You know, somebody... I'll say, you know, God is the answer. And uh, if you just commit to God, attach to God, he'll take care of you and everything will be fine. And, uh, but, you know, that all depends on what you really mean by the word God, you know. And uh, it's not a mentality. Many mentalities are out there that, and I think all mentalities, don't they, you know, believe in themselves and believe they're right, they're self-perpetuating. Even well-intended mentalities, different viewpoints of Vedic knowledge, of Hinduism, of Christianity, of anything. Uh, so we can't be simplistic in our definition of that one thing that's the source of everything, that's the source of the infinite harmony and intelligence that created, maintains, sustains the whole universe. So even that... Uh, we do will to culture our mentality. And if you can get involved with a cultural current that's really, really healthy, 
uh, it can act as sort of like training wheels, not to indoctrinate you into a belief system, but refine and culture and cultivate your mentality. You see, human evolution is not a simple thing. It, and it ultimately leads to something called innocence, but innocence is not naivety. Innocence is quite simply, you got it. It's deep inside you. There it is. Knowledge, wisdom, truth. But it's shrouded in the mentalities and the belief systems that you've attached yourself to, that you're carried through, that you believe are you, you know? But innocence is coming from that place of inner divinity and inner wisdom. And so you're just innocent in the sense that what something, how something affects you, how it makes you feel, what it makes you think, if you believe it's true or not true. It's coming not from a place of identity with a particular cultural current that you've bought into, but it's just from the purity of your own inner being, you see? The naturalness of your own inner being. And oftentimes that's shrouded by, it can be shrouded by hurt. I guess classically, you know, childhood hurts. Psychologists say that the way your mentality works is predominantly formed by the first five years of your life. And then you just carry through with the rest of your life with that sort of thing. And so many of us have childhood hurts, you know, we all do really. And so it's a, it's a reactionary thing. And what we decide we believe in is really a cover up of, of the hurt that we feel deeper inside. And so we defend in different ways, you see, by asserting a belief system, by becoming passionate, by becoming rebellious, by becoming submissive and hiding away different ways we react. But fathoming all that leads us to a place of just simple innocence. And in a healthy environment, we're, uh, particularly in childhood when we're growing up, yes, we're provided with training wheels as we learn to navigate life as an adult, as an individual. And we don't need the training wheels anymore. But the training wheels don't define us. The training wheels help us blossom into the divine person we are, in which case then we cultivate a profound level of respect for cultural integrity, for healthy training wheels. And you then become the embodiment of truth, the embodiment of divinity, the embodiment of wisdom. And you don't throw away the training wheels, but you believe in them in the sense that you know that those helped you and they can help other people. And that becomes the, the fountainhead of a healthy family dynamic, you see? All right, I hope that helps. I hope that all makes sense. But how do I do, Scott? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, Scotty, if there's nothing else. Um, we're getting ready to do a, a class with the, the kid, Jaden's kids about... Uh, how old is Jaden now? He's uh, 
about to be 16 next month. Really? Why? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but we're all getting together and talking about college and prepping for college and figuring oh, out, you know, it's yeah. they grow up. Boy. And, but, uh, I thought it would be a good, you know, that what you were saying today, is just about seeing your mentality and finding out who you are and, you know, your likes, your dislikes, your, you know, just how can that help them prep, you know, Oh, that's a really good point. Particularly when the kids are about to go off to college or wherever they go, uh, they're going to be exposed to different mentalities. And we naturally want to be liked. We naturally want to bond. We want friends. And so a lot of times we'll we'll hop onto a mentality that maybe isn't consistent with not just our family background, but also, you know, our inner divinity, you know. Uh, Sure. Just to just to get along, you know, and and uh, uh, so yeah, it's a good time to have that awareness. It's always a good time, but perhaps particularly then. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I just kind of want to get all these kids like thinking, you know, because all these colleges have different personalities too. You know, they have what? They have different personalities. Like they're they're different like ecosystems inside of a university oh yeah there's a cultural mentality of the university and there are subcultural mentalities within that university right yeah yeah Yeah. because i think i don't think there's a lot of of prep you know it's like you know kids just okay i want to go to michigan or i want to go to this or why 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 do you want to go there you know what is it about it what you know about you you know, you know, that kind of thing. Just get them thinking about that. I was wondering if that's a, a good exercise, what you thought about that. I remember when, particularly my older daughter, <clears throat> when she went through a shift of, you know, bonding with her friends and that, and uh, you could just see her getting caught into another mentality current. You know, and it wasn't a terrible one or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but it, it was different, you know. And so we ride the waves of these different currents and and uh, hopefully we navigate through them wisely. Because now there are so many currents out there, Scotty, as you know, that are so powerful and so unhealthy, really. So if, if, if uh, it's, it's very fortunate, that's why, like, when I see, and it's so transparently obvious, like, when I see these different um, groups and different individuals come into the temple or coming to Mount Soma and visit, to visit, and uh, it's, it's really beautiful when you see, like, a healthy family, you know, and they have such a powerful, strong, loving, nurturing, cultural integrity, but it's also how delicate that can be because it's not about a patriarchal situation of imposition upon the mentality of the kids, you know, it's more like a communion, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess that's about it. And Scotty, anything else? No. Okay. Everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will talk with you again next week.